Gabriel, you were a fine mother until that one time you looked away and everything went to hell. Yeah, that checks out. Hit the theme music. There's water in my nose. It's okay. I mean, after this story, I might not want to be a mother anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the, welcome, dear listener readers. The grotesque. To slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Practiced by Top Gallant Radio and books. Here, the conversation's <laughs> always about reading. It's always on literature. It's always on words on the page. It's always on short fiction. It's always on documents. It's always on documents yeah i don't know <laughs> okay it's always on it's always on uh, uh articles it's always on hand-drawn maps it's always on the articles of confederacy confederation confederate is it confederation i think so yeah uh it's always on that yeah that thing uh gabriel mm-hmm. this is a literary show where we talk about books yeah it sure is and uh gabriel That's what i'm here for before we get into that i'm not here to j-o i have one uh Joyce Oates. To Joyce Oates. <laughs> to Joyce Oates. Well, I am totally here to Joyce Oates. Oh, boy. Uh, Gabriel, I have one big question before we get into this exciting story that I can't wait to talk about. I'm all ears, man. That big question. Okay. Who are you? Everyone, I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer, I'm a podcast producer, and I tend the bar every now and again as well. I'm a very now and again kind of guy, now and then, starring Christina Ricci. Who are you, my good man, co-host? Uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, writer, editor, and an author. That's you. Of note! That is that is what no, I no, am no. essentially. No, I was gonna say that that sounds so much like doc- I feel like we're 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 kind of uh, uh, mimicking uh, Doctor Phil's kind of delivery and certain things like that. Of note! That's him. I thought yeah. that, was, that was always you. No, but I feel like it's starting to sound like that. Dr. <laughs> Phil, as in co-host of the uh, Whipper on Podcast, Whip Podcast, not Dr. Phil, f- what's his face? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Dr. Phil. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. From the Whip Around Podcast. Check it out. It's science. Uh, that's that's uh, Sean Connery. Sean, uh, Sean <laughs> let me tell you about science, kid. I'm Sean Connery, kid. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Just a quickening. My name's Miguel de Cervantes. <laughs> Like, Jesus. You okay. Know, I've never seen all of Highlander. You I don't would... have to. Oh, really? No, Highlander? The you first do one? not have to see Highlander. Okay. Highlander is perfectly fun. Okay. It's not essential viewing. Well, fun is fun. Honestly, I found it kind of boring. Okay. Uh, I did see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, that was a good one. That was naughty. Agent Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Dorian Gray. <laughs> so bad. Oh, God. I was listening. I'm sorry. Brief side note. Then we'll get, we'll get into the subject. Uh-huh. I've been listening to the How Let's Get Made episode, re-listening the uh, Van Helsing episode, mm-hmm. which is so fucking fascinating because like, I remember seeing that movie in theaters and I don't remember much that happened to it. I just remember it being one of the worst experiences I've ever had watching a movie. Wow. And not because like the theater or whatever. No, I mean because of the movie. Wow. It's like that in House of a Thousand Corpses. Sure. So, by the way, all you Halloween lovers, fuck House of a Thousand Corpses. Ga- corpses. Corpses. Uh, Gabriel. Sean Connery hates House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> Sean, let me tell you, I'm Sean Connery, and I think House of a Thousand Corpses is shit. It's shit. Fuck it. We're not impress- impressionists or actors. Don't yeah, worry. No. Don't mind us. However, Sean Connery thinks Rob Zombie needs to stick to <laughs> fucking music. <laughs> Even that, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. He was actually made some, well, one kind of interesting movie. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, Gabriel, what month is it? Daniel, it is Oatstober, baby. Oatstober. The okay. month where we take a deep dive into the works of prolific, brilliant author of suspense, grotesque, and terror, Joyce Carol Oates, known octogenarian. 
Yes. Uh, uh, tying together with the October theme. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, we celebrate horror by celebrating the horror of Joyce Keller. Oh, it's one of our favorite writers. My One of my personal favorite writers. And definitely um, someone who I don't get a chance to read as much. Or I feel like I do, but she has a lot to read. She's a lot to read. I have Blonde over there staring at me. That yeah. book is huge. Uh I know you, you ever get that urge I do, Daniel. I mean, I'm sure you have more so. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I'm gonna get really deep into classical music, and then you look into like the total works of like I don't know of like Chopin. And you're like, that's a fucking lot. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to the greatest hits. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one day I'll. I'll I mean, I just put on like a random Spotify playlist of essential piano. I I, I think uh, Oates especially would uh, benefit from having like a. Um... I don't like best of like short fiction or whatever. I mm-hmm. think that'd be kind of like a cool idea. I don't know if she, she, yeah. she likes that idea, but I don't know, like probably <laughs> again, we don't want this to happen. We're trying to ward it away. When she does pass, I'm sure there's going to be like an essential oats reader or something. Yeah. Well then, but I want it now when she's around, I want her to curate it. That's a good, that'd point. be lovely. Mm-hmm. She pointed out her favorite stories. And then between every chapter, um, uh, one of her essential tweets. Yeah. There's also, um, uh, she, when there one thing, she pointed out that one of her favorite short fictions is actually in this book. Which uh, book that is that, Daniel? From. Gabriel, uh, we, we read a George Carroll Oates story. Uh, it, it is from, we actually, last time we picked it, we kind of picked it almost at random, essentially. Yeah. We landed on it. We had you, uh, I had a bunch of books. And I said, pick a number, then like pick a number one through 10 between the stories. Yeah. And we landed on... Pharrell. Pharrell. Uh, in the uh, short story collection. Happy. Uh, the Museum of Dr. Moses. Tales mm-hmm. of Mystery and Suspense. Not grotesque. Yeah, not grotesque. That's this, cool. uh, oddly enough, this is not horror and grotesque. This is actually. Hey, she works in a lot of volumes. Uh, speaking of which, there's one story on here that there has. There are many flavors of oats. That has one of the most. This sh- maple and cinnamon. Shocking kind of descriptions there's of There's apples and oh. cinnamon. Uh, the story. We didn't read this one for this one, but uh, she said that uh, the man who fought Roland Lestarza. Steel cut. Lestarza. Lestarza? Blueberry. What are you doing? What? Same flavors of oats. So uh, the man who fought Roland Lestarza is apparently Uh like like a, he was never really popular, but uh, he was a boxer back in the day who was like kind of a big deal, but like no one remembers anymore. And apparently she, like her publisher was like, you should write the story. And she goes, I guess so. And she got super into it. And she said, yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. That's cool. Yeah, I know. Maybe next time. No, everyone knows. If if anyone who knows books knows anything about Joyce Carol Oates, it's that she is absurdly prolific, and all she does all day long is write. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, not all day. Well, like three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, and then she journals, and then she tweets. Yeah. It's, she's that's, a writer. That's kind of all day. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's a writer. She also mm. lectures, though. I imagine- Oh, that's she's a teacher. I, I imagine- Well, she, she's been. She was retired. Mm. I think she retired in 2014. And if, oh my God, uh, she was Stanford. Is that where she taught? Oh, it was Princeton. Princeton. I'm sorry. Stanford's mm-hmm. in England. Stanford is in California. No, no. It's in California. Yes. I thought Princeton was in California. Princeton is in New Jersey. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> but no, she, she lectured uh, many places, NYU, uh, 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 Princeton. Sure. Um, but uh, that said, um, uh, in the previous episodes, we've gone into like the history of Joyce Care Oates. Yeah. We I- had pretty extensive bios that Daniel did research for yes. in the first episode of Oatstober when we, what was the first one we did? The fur of fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, the second one was Haunted. Last week we did The Triumph of the Spider Monkey. The first one was the Doll Master. Yeah, Doll Master. Yes. So check out the Doll Master episode if you want a full bio on Joyce Carol Oates, who is a fascinating person. Yeah, she's fascinating. She has a long storied life and whatnot. And I've like told stories that she told in her uh, her memoir, mm-hmm. Faith a Writer, and various other things and whatnot. Uh, that's, you know she invented the machine gun? She invented a machine gun. Uh, she's also killed men. 
Yeah. Um, she also invented post-it notes. True. She also uh, 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 co-founded uh, uh, Postmates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gabriel. She also killed the Nemean lion. <laughs> yeah, Gabriel, uh, that is a long way of us saying that, like, so we did a lot of research in, like, the previous episodes. So we're not going to do so much this episode. Yeah, or because, like, essentially, and I... I um, you did a little, and I did a little. Yeah, I did I did less than you. I think you did more. Yeah. Um, I was trying to come through kind of, like, YouTube videos of her giving talks and whatnot. Usually they're a little more focused on, like, either the book her she's talking about. Release. And when people ask questions, it's usually based on the same thing, like, hey, do you ever get writer's block, or mm-hmm. how do you write so much? True. Um, which are Which are, like interesting questions but you don't want to hear about it too much yeah it's it's you know it's obvious questions yeah they are um but that said i did it's find like people asking chris evans about his workout routine true uh i did i did find one interesting uh note that kind of uh refers to what we've said about her stories in the past and also sure. why we found them so interesting a joyce um, carroll note a joyce carroll note notes mm-hmm. uh but like for example not not so much this one oddly enough but for example last week's episode the triumph of the spider monkey the doll master and uh a year ago i did a halloween special with uh shawnee b horny from shawnee b horny from the whip around podcast uh what we covered two uh, shout outs to them in this episode oh yeah uh, the first was Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. Doc- well, just, we're just calling him Dr. Phil. There's, Dr. There's, no, Phil. there's no differentiation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cover, uh, we did a zombie, the short novel and such. And they're very focused on like from the perspective of like a warped mind, essentially. Yes. And the language that the story is told refers to like a lot of the actual quote unquote like story is just how that person views the world. Sure. And like kind of puts the world into its own language. Mm-hmm. She um, definitely is very good at capturing the voice of a different person in different like the yeah. this story, Feral, um by Farewell Williams, um, <laughs> is one hundred percent different from Triumph of the Spider Monkey. That voice is completely different to the voice of Meow Dao. Yeah, and and you can see connections between something like Dollmaster, Triumph of the Spider Monkey, and Zombie, which are kind of like a sub series if she only wrote those kind of stories, she'd be known as that person, but she doesn't. Yeah. Um but like but at the same time, they're also very different. Yeah. She writes um, a book about boxing. But uh, which however, is rad. yeah, no, it's I've always wanted to read this. To be honest with you, um, but uh, for example, she uh, she says that she she refers to that kind of style of writing uh, with a theater term. Uh, she calls it a mediated voice. Sure. Um, which is basically yeah, it's as uh, well, Gabriel. Do you actually know like a good definition of that, or should I just kind of fumble I, through mine? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. If yours, my my theater days have, are long behind me. Yeah, and I only kind of like I had like I heard her say one thing where she was saying it's like when an actor comes in and says, "Hey, I'm Claudius in Hamlet." Um, they're not speaking as Shakespeare. They're speaking as that character essentially, which cool. is how she kind of defines her, the way that she writes, especially. Not like in the the latter half or whatever, but like for most of her career, because I've read her early stuff. It's very mm-hmm. different. Um, but in that way, she almost considers herself a dramatist. And other writers who write in this way are dramatists as well. That's pretty neat. And if for people who out there who want like a clear definition of this, is that she contrasts herself against an author, who which is not my example, oddly enough, but the exact example that she uses in this, where she compares herself with Cormac McCarthy. Mm, uh, that she, guy you've never mentioned before. I've never life. mentioned before, right? Not on the show, not uh, once. But she points out that uh, McCarthy like great writer who speaks in that high kind of like that like biblical like old world like weirdly kind of like like that pitch that he always writes in sure but like if you open any Cormac McCarthy novel going back to the 60s like it's going to be written mostly in in roughly the same voice sure um it, like where Cormac McCarthy is the narrator whereas in Joyce Carol Oates he is Sutree the that well actually it's partially yeah, autobiographical yeah, he is, he is, he is, yeah. <laughs> but uh but for Oates, for example, however, she'll basically tailor the narration to the voice of the character or whatever the, the story needs the voice to be. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, so she's I, a chameleon. So that's that's kind of how she 
identifies her own style, which we've seen before, but that's kind of how she Yeah, does. it's it's the I think it's the best thing about her. Yeah. That you know you read a lot of authors who can only write in one voice and she has many. Yeah. She contains multitudes. <laughs> she is Legion. She is Walt Whitman. Sure. Okay. <laughs> he contained multitudes. He did it contain Yeah, that was that's his thing, from right? that's from Lisa of Grass. Yeah, I don't remember Lisa of Grass all that much. Or yeah, like does anybody? The, the, <laughs> well, I've never fucking read it. Have you? <laughs> did you know that Bram Stoker had a bizarre obsession with um, Walt Whitman and they had a correspondence? Yeah, you told me about it plenty of times. You said how bad he wanted to fuck Whitman. Yeah, guys, Bram Stoker, totes gay. Yeah, totes that's, ga- not, that's not a criticism. That's just he, true. literally, yeah. <laughs> he was literally a closeted gay man. He was literally gay for Walt Whitman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who wasn't? Though? Am I right? Am I right? Gabriel, you have notes. Yeah, I have notes. Uh, well, so where did, yeah, where did you get them? To be fair, um, so I only have mostly I found these some academic papers, which, um, I I, I tend to resist, but these are kind of interesting ones. So the first one is just a simple little thing. This is by, um, gosh, find the name here quick. This is by Kathleen Burke Bloom. It was submitted to Loyola, Loyola University and published in 1979. Mm-hmm. This is just a simple little excerpt that I wanted to read for you. This is from her statements when she received the National Book Award oh, oh, so for quick. them. You said nine, uh, 79? 79 is when this article is published. Okay, cool. And, uh, that, and I wanted to uh, note that that is the novel them because, you know, them sounds so strange. Yeah, it could be the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so she accepted this award, a National Book Award for them, and she writes this. She has tried to give a shape to certain obsessions of mid-century Americans, a confusion of love and money, of the categories of public and private experience, of a demonic urge. I sense all around me an urge to self-annihilation, suicide, the ultimate experience, and the ultimate surrender. So I think that's a neat little tie-in to Farrell, the story we did. The rest yeah. of my notes right now, I'm a, they're from another academic essay. They are written by... Euros Tomic from the University of Belgrade. Cool. It's an article called Severing Ties. Fuck a Lacanian yeah. reading of motherhood and Joyce Carol Oates' short stories, The Children and Feral. Lacanius Jacques Lacan, who is kind of like Jacques Lacan. Jacques Lacan. But um, I only have a few segments from this, but I'll read them um, later on into our discussion after we've discussed what exactly Feral is for those who don't know the story. Yeah, and that's a good uh, point to bring up because I always feel like the grotesque has so many different kind of definitions and whatnot because when you think of grotesque you think of something probably a little more hard and whatnot yeah i think um, people people equate the term to like awesome which is a term that has a completely different meaning yeah. but then it's used in casual everyday speech so that the actual impact of the word is different meanwhile uh my favorite book of grotesques for example would be uh winesburg ohio by sherwood anderson exactly. and it's not what it if you don't really know the kind of like literary term grotesque essentially or Daniel, explain for us what is a literary term grotesque mean oh i don't fuck <laughs> I will it's, look it up. Yeah, go ahead I, and vamp. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but essentially, like, it is going back to also describing like what is gothic and what is not in terms of like a literary or like the classical like art architecture kind of thing. Where, um, for like for example, like I would say, Winesburg, Ohio is a great almost gothic kind of tale, and you have something like you know George Keller Oates that clearly writes in uh, you know obviously a more gothic kind of you know gotcha. r- romantic style. But yeah, here we go. This is from the Masters Review. The grotesque in literature focuses on the human body and all the ways that it can be distorted or exaggerated. Its aim is to simultaneously elicit our empathy and disgust. Very much like the uncanny, the grotesque draws its power from the combination of the familiar and the unfamiliar, or the familiar distorted. See, that's interesting because even that slightly contrasts with, like, Winesburg, Ohio, for example. Sure. Because, like, Winesburg, Ohio isn't focused on the body necessarily i suppose it, not it, it is and it isn't don't get me wrong i mean there's <laughs> my favorite story which is all about it 
about the woman yeah. who gets like who like offers herself up to a man and mistakenly and she like strips naked and like weeps and yeah and when one of my other favorite story hands the like the, the, the really enthusiastic teacher who like is just very enthusiastic talking with his hands yeah. but he got in trouble for that yeah I think there, there's obvious there's an element of grotesque to all there, the stories there is but it's not always about the it's body more go- more gothic than grotesque like so. that actually sounds more like because when I think of grotesque I think of like Cronenberg movies or something sure um, going into this, uh, we're we're going to the story called Pharrell. Pharrell, which uh, from this collection because is because I'm happy is the actual old. Let me stop bumping my fucking. Yeah, what's that fucking bumping? I'm a I'm a ditzy guy, right? What are you? Some kind of member of Red Hot Chili Peppers? All about the hump the bump. Gabriel, from what? this collection, this is the oldest story oh, from yeah? 1998, and it was published in the f- magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Fantasy and science fiction. And uh, the book itself actually came out in 2007. So okay, I mean it. it Great year for movies. It's like ten, great year. One of my favorite years for movies. Probably my favorite. Two, one of two. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no. So like, yeah, it's uh, 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 like 10 years of fiction and everything. Gabriel, tell uh, me what happens in Pharrell. In a Pharrell, as always, it's not so easy to describe these Joyce Carol Oates stories because they're always first person accounts of something off happening. Mm-hmm. But in, in brief, top to bottom, Pharrell is a story of a mother named Kate and and her son named Derek or Derry as she goes by because he's so sweet because he's the sweetest little boy in the world he's a little Buddha and Kate and her husband Stephen love their sweet little six-year-old boy until something happens the story begins with Kate immediately defending herself defending her decency as a mother because something went wrong with little Derry mm-hmm. Derry at first is a sweet little boy one day while at the pool um, Kate is distracted and she finds Derry floating face down in the pool. She immediately rescues him and while he's stopped breathing, he's resuscitated. But when he comes back from recitation, he is completely changed. There's something, all the sweetness is gone from him. There's a blackness in his eyes and there's something much more animal about him. That Not, not, not in a completely literary, like snarling dog sense, but he refuses to be touched. There's something mm-hmm. completely gone in him. That eventually the family gets somewhat torn apart as Derry becomes more and more like a willful beast, just kind of unwilling to be touched and only be seen. He spends a long time in the woods. And they make a reference to the fact that the family dissolves, like Derry has lost them, that they get the divorce. But the story climaxes finally with Derry heading off into the woods and Kate and Steven in desperation follow him. And discover at the edge of the wood, um, there's a river, right? Up yeah. by the river, that Derry and a couple other shadowy figures, children, adults, who even knows, are all gathered together and trying not to be seen. Mm-hmm. And Stephen and Kate look upon this in like almost cosmic horror, domestic cosmic horror, wondering what this is. And that's the end of the story. Yeah, it. Uh... On a very what did I miss, Daniel? On a very surface level, it's like it doesn't get very explicit. Like the kid is not turning into an animal. Yeah, there's no werewolf shit. He is acting maybe slightly feral, but mm-hmm. like it is, it is more. Yeah, and it's yeah, you have that very sharp kind of twist into like the outright like fantastical almost horror kind of with like the final paragraphs of just seeing uh, the kid uh, in his absolute feral mode on the other side with other people like him yes and they're just and like the 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 what uh kate What's... and steven are basically just standing there kind of like in terror hoping that they don't get seen by these things on the other side of the river yes. 
And uh, in, in Grand Oats fashion, as always, she tells you how the story ends, but she drops you in the middle of this moment that makes has all the questions and all the terror. Yeah, it's yeah, as you said, it's really interesting how much she tells you what's going to happen before it happens. Um, for example, like Suspense! we kn- we know something happened to Derek before it happened, and it's before she actually says exactly what happens, and it she makes it sound like the kid died, which yes. he did. But he came back. Yes. He got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I got and, better. And same thing where like she keeps saying that like, oh, this is long after Derek like has gone away from us. Yeah, is lost is lost to us. And her and Steven are are like divorced and have like an like an amicable kind of like, oh hello, how are you? Yes. Kind of thing, but like they're not at all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were um, they were an older couple to begin with when they had um when they had Derry. She was like thirty nine. Thirty nine, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had tried, yeah, they tried yeah, to have They had left New York. They had settled in this, in this almost like rural yeah. suburban area. Hudson Ridge. Hudson Ridge, an as, hour north of New York. As it's described here, uh, like, uh, as she says, so ironic, so bitter, so bitter that it should happen to him here in Hudson Ridge where children are safe in the members only Hudson Ridge Community Center. Yes. So yeah, it's supposed to be like, like the symbol of like safety for like yeah. suburban there, America. There's a, you know? there's a bougie white mom quality to Kate that she is and isn't aware of. Yeah, true. Um, so, and, and you know, I have all these, I have a couple passages from this essay that I'd like to read to you. Yeah, They're not ahead. too long, but I have a couple of them. Okay. So I'm going to read these just for kind of some elaboration that I found very interesting. Okay. Okay. In a story of Farrell, whose title sounds, of course, much more menacing, the opening sequence, quote, she was a good mother. Always she'd been a good mother. She had loved her son. She would not cease loving him. Only those few minutes she'd been distracted. Only seconds. Mm -hmm. That's how the story fucking starts. It's crazy. Oates at once engenders the notion of good motherhood and of its negation. The positive claim of the first four sentences, and at this point, all indication the narrative voice is not the objective third person of the italics. So it's what? What? Story about italics kind of thing. Proclaims that an, an image at odds at the story's title, yet the follow-up clearly indicates the illusion exercised by the character of the mother, Kate. Both female characters in these stories, the children as well, are therefore initially problematized as embodying their function less fully or at all. What is essentially being brought into question is not only whether Ginny and Kate are good mothers, but whether they are mothers at all, mm-hmm. excepting the fact that they have physically born children. That was what me happened? bumping the mic again. Have a drink of water. I don't have any water. Oh, man. Fuck off. You and your gammy mouth. I am a g- gammy? <laughs> your gammy. Your granny. Okay, let me find one more thing. Do, do, do. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, and I have a lot to say about that, because she writes about this kind of subject in several books that I've read. Mm-hmm. She redid it in The Corn Maiden, and yeah. she did this especially in uh, uh, First Love, A Gothic Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, stories that are about a... Uh, actually... About something even more like horrific and front center. Well, not more than sure. this, I would say. But, but then, but the story is also very much kind of like about a woman who, or about like adults or like a mother from either perspective, kind of like letting down their children because of being either like bad mothers for various degrees. But some of them are actual bad mothers. Some of them are just kind of like in this in this case, a woman who just looks away for a brief moment. Sure. So yeah. I have two more bits for you. To, um, I'm going to read out loud. And then I have a final question I want to ask you because I don't actually know the answer, though I think I do. Okay. In Kate's case, this ambivalence towards her state of motherhood is unequivocally addressed by Oates. And interestingly, in a passage that assumes the more subjective narrative viewpoint of the child, Derek, 
His mother had had several miscarriages preceding his birth, and by the age of 39, when he was finally born, she joked about being physically exhausted, emptied out, and eviscerated. It was a startling extreme figure of speech, but she spoke with a wan smile, not in complaints, so much in simple admission. The producing of the child was for Kate obviously a traumatic experience, more, more psychically than physically, and rendering her mother response to Derek, named after her father, mm-hmm. all the more complex even before the incident of his drowning. It's pretty wild. And I have one last bit here. Hang tight. I am hanging tight. That also just reminded me of one very interesting fact about Oates that I probably didn't mention. Her backstory. She said that she was talking about her interest in mysteries and what Mm -hmm. that means to her. And she said that's because in the mythology of her family, she had two big family secrets that kind of came out like not as a, not when she was young but when she was a little bit older and she's been fascinated with like this idea about like mysteries hiding in her family well, I was love that one was that I believe it was her grandmother or maybe it was like a grandfather or great-grandmother whatever it was but uh, an older person or generation who uh hid their Jewishness from the family so mm. like Oates didn't know she had that in her family at all until later in life and she just found that interesting she's like oh this this secret that was buried and people they were ashamed of that and they tried to hide it and whatnot Okay. Uh, the other thing was that uh, her grandfather, I believe it was, um, was murdered. Whoa! Uh, and it like he was beaten to death uh, when I think like her and her grandmother were like very young, and it was something that not only they just never really talked about in the family, and also they never found out who killed him. My God. Yeah. So ever that's kind of like the, the seeds of basically her being fascinated with, yeah. for example, tales of mystery and suspense. Those two stories, <laughs> along with um, her fascination with Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. There you go. It's like, yeah. All right. Here's the last thing. It's a shorter one. Okay. Kate is largely intuitively, instinctually worried about dairy even before the accident. She feels she has produced a child who is too different from the other children, and by association, she obscurely feels she is to be held responsible for what is essentially the child's own developing character, my own heart exposed. Kate obviously also has trouble separating the fantasy of her child from herself, even after being eviscerated by him, mm-hmm. and this bifurcation of her maternal experience will form the essential tension of the story. Mm-hmm. And if that, Daniel, let me ask you, did Joyce Carol Oates have any children? No. Did she, did she ever... Was there ever, is there anything in her bio where she explained that choice? Did I've, she want kids? Did she not want kids? I've actually never, I've actually never really heard her address this at all. Mm. She's had, uh, she's been married to the, the her first husband for like a good portion of her life, but um, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard her really talk about having children or being incapable of it. Maybe she, you know, it makes sense that she wouldn't want to be like, like, yeah, I don't want to talk about my adventures with having kids or not having sure, kids. Sure, no, whatever, understandable. But, I was just but no, no, that is a good, that is a good question. It is something that I myself just go, wait, does she have kids? Yeah, uh, yeah. because this story embodies such a primal, like instinctual animal fear of your children. That, like it embodies yeah. like like a motherhood terror. That idea of your one sweet child dies briefly because of your negligence and a lot of the stories Kate like spiraling and blaming herself and being paranoid and being afraid and like begging Derry to love her again yeah and then she this this endless child who was her love becomes a completely unrecognizable animal yeah and uh and also not just even in this how she captures it but how this is a focus of her work as that one uh, yeah. uh, person said who wrote that thing um, and yet, yeah, no, it, it's like this, this story, like, uh, ma- like nauseated me, like, <laughs> like in my brain, like yeah. it, it was, 
this was scarier than the doll master to me. The idea of what what it means for your child to turn. Yeah. Um. Well, and it might be a real metaphor for how your children grow, but the, who even knows? There's something actually terrifying in a way that something like the doll master, which is and like I'm really happy we started with doll master because again it had like this haunted spooky house kind of feel yeah. to it. You know, it's it's a horror story mm-hmm. uh, with a lowercase h. Yeah. Um. And then something like this is like. It's it's horror with like a capital H in the sense where it's like, no, it's something that's going to absolutely kind of upset you a little bit. Yeah. A lot like haunted. No, there's <laughs> nothing necessarily supernatural about the story. Even the people in the clearing, that might not be anything strange. Well. Derry hangs out in the woods all the time. Yeah, Who knows? He, he loves the woods. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Speaking of which, uh, so generally, generally. Generally. How'd you feel about this story? Um, I liked, you know, it takes... It takes a lot for a story to physically affect me, mm-hmm. and this one did it. This yeah. one, this upset me. It actively <laughs> upset me. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's that's a mark of skill. That's not a criticism, even in a little bit. It's very, very well written. It's that, you know, it, it's it's hard. I think to write in the voice of someone who is panicking and paranoid and thinks they're a bad person, and like Kate is a very complicated character. And to write in her voice without judging her. It's why I always talk about like Anna Karenina that in that book, it follows her thought train through pages and pages and pages of Anna thinking she's losing her mind and then loving him and hating him. And it never ever like casts judgment on her. It's just depicting her as she is. And that's not even in first person. And this is in first person and you're completely understanding and you're worried sick and you're blaming her just like she's doing the same to herself. Yeah. Uh yeah, agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, totally. Where essentially it's like, yeah, well, it's in, in a way, another way to look at it is that like, well, you know, Oates also isn't a serial killer, but she but she's also very good at writing from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the thing. It's like, yeah, no, that's Oates. Oates has that in her. You wouldn't there's, there's think the empathy aspect, the grotesque. You wouldn't think that, that she would be fictionalizing the kind of like feelings and emotions and worries and troubles that mm-hmm. like a mother goes through. But it's like, well, yeah, she does. And you're just like, well, she's a fucking writer. Yeah. yeah makes she, sense. Right. She's an amazing writer. <laughs> um, yeah. How, like, I, um, how great of a writer do you have to be to put someone into the mindset of a person drowning in a sinking car? <laughs> and then make you pray the the paragraph doesn't end the way you know it's going to end. Even though you historically know what's going to happen and the story is constantly telling you how it's happening. Yeah, and you still get caught in it. That's fucking great writing. It is. Um <laughs> Uh, I, but again, like the, the, in terms of, you know, every time that I read an old story, it is relating to previous old stories. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like the corn maiden, the story about a, a, a young girl who I think is kind of like slow or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the term of like, what did it call it? Latchkey kids. Sure. Um, a latchkey kid gets getting basically kidnapped by a kind of, by another girl from her class. Who's kind of like a bit of a psychopath and like, sure. she loves manipulating others and they're going to basically like literally sacrifice her in this old kind of like native American kind of uh, ritual. But like a lot of the stories also focused on the mother finding out that her daughter's missing and her kind of going through the panic, much like Kate did here of saying like, Oh my God, my child is gone and it's my mm-hmm. fault. It is yes. absolutely my fault. I wasn't a good enough mother. Uh, and then she starts like when talking to like the media and everything like that, she's like letting out like these affairs that she had because they people need to know everything about you. Sure. And she's just 100 percent just going like, yes, I need to let all my life burn to save my daughter now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had First Love, which is a story about um, a mother, a single mother who is basically dumping her very young girl in the company of like, I think it was like 
uh, the girl's aunt and also her cousin who basically who basically yeah sexually assaults her constantly and the mo- and but the story is also primarily about how the mother kind of maybe not know exactly what's going to happen but she kind of she's like she doesn't care about the daughter she's like leading her daughter into like a sure. very bad situation and you have like moments of later on where like the mother kind of realizes and feels the guilt of like the things that she's done by basically just being like ne- negligible. So that- that's what I think's fascinating about Oates is that she writes in this older style of mm. of like like Edgar Allan Poe or something. There is no irony. There's no winking in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That for example, you compare it to like Gillian Flynn, who loves Oates, worships Oates, mm-hmm. and you read something like um, real like Gone Girl, which I think is a tremendous fucking read and an mm-hmm. even better movie. And that even that one, like there's a, there's a cheeky quality to that that is a wink, especially in the beginning, where it's like to my husband, who is not this person, that there is a charming quality to it. There's like a there's like a mo- postmodern quality to it, like it's inspired by original original quality of Oates. But Oates writes like these are true thoughts in a brain of things that have actually happened and it's like written like like tales of the arabesque and grotesque that's what mm-hmm. she names these things because that's what they feel like mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally and she's she's that kind of good she's a pro yeah she's pro. you know i think she's i think she's pretty good you know i think i like this author <laughs> I, I mean a... like i mean i could take her leave her you could take her leave her yeah yeah i think yeah. I'm, I'm i think i'm leaning towards yeah. take you know, yeah i mean see. she's no ruth ware but you know <laughs> speaking Burn on ruth ware fuck you ruth ware Speaking of which, yes. Uh, let, let's let's take a quick break. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we have a little game to play. We do. Yeah, and then uh, and then we'll uh, uh, go into final uh, thoughts. I'll say final oats. Final oats. Final, this is a final oats final essentially. Oats. But uh, that's when we come back. But for now, we're gonna go to break. Gabriel, throw us to break. I need wine. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. It's the Lus. Two Slow Readers. I'm still Gabe. America's, I'm still Daniel. Hey. <laughs> America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast. Daniel, uh, America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast. Daniel, America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast, brought to you by books. Brought to you by readings. This is Oatstober. Oatstober, son. Gabriel, I have a fucking game for you. You do? Yes. Is it a game about fucking? It's a game better. Oh. It's a game about horror writers. <clears throat> How dare you? <laughs> it's a game about horror writers, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pl- I previously, uh, well, I feel like it was last week, but it was, like a couple weeks ago, but it wasn't. Back when we did um, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Sure. Uh, Last of the Highlanders. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, we I did a little game called Who, S- Who Done Said That? Sure. Comics Edition. Yep. Now I'm doing Who Done Said That? Horror Edition. Great. I was going to use a plethora of authors, but instead I only plethora. ended up- her too uh, uh my well my plethora is only three people big okay uh it is a three ba- man plethora basically what's gonna happen is that i'm going to uh read you a quote and i will give you uh three authors um and also uh, a look a work of uh literary literature uh that they had done um okay basically so for example i'll use this first example which should be easy for you uh the quote is i'm going to put death in all their food and watch them die. Okay. Is that from Dr. Sleep mm-hmm. by Stevie King? Uh-huh. Is that We Have Always Lived in the Castle mm-hmm. by Shirley Oates? Or is it- Shirley Oates? Shirley Oates. 
You mean Shirley Jackson? Shirley Jackson. Yeah, that was a, that was an awesome <laughs> thing. Re, uh, blending into the next one, or is it from The Corn Maiden by Joe Keller Oates? That one was from You Have Always Lived in the Castle by yeah. Shirley Oates. That is right. So Gabriel, you have a chance to not only put the the, the Shirley quote, Oates Jackson. Shirley Oates. You have not only the chance to uh, put the quote to an actual author who wrote it, okay. but also the book itself. So you, I have to guess the book too. No, no, no. I'm saying that like you can tie oh, it to, okay. to one of the others. So cool. Yeah. So yeah, you have a bit of a crutch because some. These like one especially was like, especially vague. I was like, "What?" I, I do just, love oh, a crutch. Well, if I put it to um, I think. All right, give it love so, crutch. Gabriel, after this, you have five. Yeah, five quotes. Give it love crutches. And I'll give you that point for the test one. Hey. So Gabriel. Yep. Your first actual one. Okay. Music. Okay. Humor is almost always anger with its makeup on. Hmm. Is that bag of bones? by Stevie King is that The Lottery and Other Tales by Shirley Jackson Mm -hmm. or is it from High Lonesome New and Selected Stories 1966 to 2006 by Joe's Count Oates that's not Lottery um hmm I haven't read Bag of Bones but that sounds like something he would say but let's say that is our good friend Jayco Jayco Mm -hmm. from the High Lonesome Collection Sure. Gabriel? I had it in my hand a moment ago. What? You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm going for something different. Sure. I'm worried about this bummer one being super long. Anyway, Gabriel, unfortunately, that was wrong. That actually came from Bag of Bones by Stevie King. Damn it all. Yeah. Well, I eliminated one correctly. That's fine. You still, you still got one against one right now, Gabriel. You're still, okay. Okay. You're still up there. All right. Second question. Uh-huh. A short story is a different thing altogether. A short story is like a quick kiss in the dark from a stranger. Hmm. Is that from the intro to Skeleton Crew by Stevie King? Is that from the intro to The Lottery and Other Tales by Shirley Jackson? Hmm. Neen Oates. Uh, uh-huh. Or is that from the intro to Dear Husband Stories by Joe Cow Oates? Oh boy, I have no idea. Gosh. Um... I'm going to say that is uh, old Wacko Jacko herself. Old Wacko Jacko? Joyce Carol Oates again? No. Or Shirley Jackson? Yeah. No. Why, would that be, why would that be Oates? I look at Jackson. I, have, I spelled out Jayco, so I was like, Jacko? I don't know. No. All right. So Shirley Jackson, The yes. Lottery and Other Tales? Yes. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Bam! Unfortunately, that is Damn not... It. That came from the intro to Skeleton Crew by Stevie King. All right. That's fine. <laughs> still, one against two. Mm-hmm. You're still up there. You still have three more to go. Have a chance. All right. Gabriel? Yeah. Your third question. Okay. Loneliness is like starvation. You don't realize how hungry you are until you begin to eat. Hmm. Is that from It by Stephen King? Okay. Is that The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? Neat okay. Oates. Mm-hmm. Or is that from Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Gang by Joe's Carol Buckingham? I feel like I read that before, and I haven't read Foxfire, and I have read both those other things. Um, goddamn. Let's let's say that is a let's say that's oh. Hold on. Did did the sister say that in in if was it in the castle? That was the the one second. Yeah, it was the haunting of Hill House. Oh, I haven't read yeah. that then. So that's Oats. Okay. Yes. Gabriel, you guessed it. That is from Foxfire Confessions of a Girl Game. Hey. Very good. So now the score is 2-2. Even the odds, Gabriel. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, you're still in the game. All right. 
Two more. Okay. All right. Not a two more. It's not a two more. Fourth question. Mm-hmm. Fear, the doctor said, is the relinquishment of logic, the willing relinquishing of reasonable patterns. We yield to it or we fight it, but we cannot meet it halfway. Hmm. Is that from N by Stephen King? N? Yeah, N. You ever hear about it? No. No, it's actually a really good story. I can't... Like the letter N? Yeah, like the letter N. It's like it's like a very, like, like in the Lovecraft style and whatnot. But oh, that's it's, cool. But it's Stephen King, so it's a good story, huh? Sure. <laughs> Is that from The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? Okay. Or is that from The Hunter by Joe's Carol? Fucking oats. I'm gonna guess that's Stevie King. Yes, that's Stevie King. Little Stevie King. Final answer? Stefano Array. Fuck. Gabriel, that is from The Haunting of Hill House. Dang. By Shirley Jackson Knee Oats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can still tie. I tell sure. you this next one. Shirley Smooth Criminal Jackson. Will be for four points. Right now, it is three against two. But you, still, right. you still got a chance to beat right. it by three. Okay, 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 okay. Gotta beat the tide, all right? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last question. I'm ready, Papa. See, people come into your life for a reason. They might not know it themselves. Why? You might not know it, but there's a reason. There has to be. Hmm. Is that from Hearts in Atlantis by Stephen King? Hmm. Is that The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson? Okay. Doesn't have too many books. Uh huh. <laughs> or is that? From After the Wreck, I Picked Myself Up, Spread My Wings, and Flew Away by Joris Kell Oates. I'm thinking it's either Oates or King. Let's say that's King. And I guess that's King? I am. Final answer? It's my final answer. Fuck! I lose. That is from the, I believe it's the young adult novel, uh, After the Wreck, I Picked Myself Up, Spread My Wings, and Flew Away by Joris Cal Oates. Well, fine. Uh, I lose. That's how it goes. That's all right. And here, here's a, here's a, here's a thing. Oh, I thought those were going to be more positive. No. <laughs> Straight up did. Gabriel, nope. good job. Good try. Thanks. It was it was worth a shot. I'll take it. You'll take the shot. Honestly, it's so hard to find Joyce Carol Oates poetry places. So like, yeah. Yeah, it's I, tricky. I was going to do the cave and Oates thing again. But yeah. Whatever. You should have brought back, um, uh, damn it. I, th- I thought I thought I thought of a name of it. What's um, Bono versus Rupi Carr? Oh my god, no. I well, forgot about that. Name, we came up with a name for it, but I forgot what it is now. <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be a good one. We should, well, right now we're keeping to like the horror theme and whatnot, so sure. this made sense. But honestly, we should do that again sometime this yeah. soon. Yeah, I'll that, think of a name for that one. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. That's it, Gabriel. Uh, you are a fine contestant. You're not walking away with nothing. Here is a prize. It is a half-drunk glass of wine. But that was already mine. Yeah. My lip, there's my lip marks all over it. And it used to be full, but you drank half of it. That's true. Gabriel, we're going to go to break real quick. Kimetsu no Yaiba. When we come back, we're going to do final thoughts, uh, That the shiny be horny thing, and uh-huh. that last thing. That horny shit we do? Gabriel, throw us to break. Okie dokie. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Dear listener readers. You're my friends. Two. <sighs> Slow readers. America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast. I'm still Gabe. I'm a book. Daniel's a book. <laughs> I'm a book and you're a book and we're all books. You're a book like in, what's it called, like in Adventure Time. You're farting all over the place. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Paper eyes. Pete. Paper Pete. Paper Pete. Oh no, you mean the other one. Paper Pete was the, uh, those are the guys who play like the uh, the little blank pages and books in the library nope. that defend the books from the moldos. Nope. You remember that episode? It's a good episode. I remember episode. that episode. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. 
but you meant uh, the farting book. <laughs> I do. Ah, farting me, farting me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Adventure Time. It's coming back, baby. Yeah, isn't that fucking Fuck wild? Fuck yeah, on four, HBO too. Four like like four hour long hour things? long episodes. That's that's crazy. pretty fucking crazy. I'm, that's I'm worried that's too much. Like I think the last episode being forty five minutes was the perfect length of like yeah. an extended Adventure Time thing. But yeah. uh, fuck, we'll see. Yeah, we're getting into Steven Universe. So that's fun. Yeah, Gabriel. This Daniel, I believe it's in this. It's, now it's time for our, one of our favorite segments of the show. Yes, the corrections by Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> the corrections, uh, as John uh, Mulvaney always jokes, uh, a really great uh, uh, young adult book. <laughs> um, Gabriel, I haven't read it. I read Freedom. I love Freedom. I just wanted to point out that uh, I said previously that loneliness is like starvation. You don't realize how hungry you are until you begin to eat. Uh, being from Joyce Carol Oates' novel Foxfire, that is actually from Faithless. Oh. By Joyce Carol which actually, I don't, I don't even know if that's a novel or a short story collection or what. Is that about losing your favorite George Michael CD? Yeah. Sure. Uh, good job. Gabriel. Nailed it. Now it's time for the next thing that we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go back to talking about Pharrell mm-hmm. by Joyce Carol Oates in the collection because Doctor I'm Museum. Doctor Museum and Hyde. Uh-huh. Is this called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Moses, that was the name. Uh, Gabriel. Final thoughts on Feral. How do you, do you have anything else you want to say about this story? You know, honestly, weirdly enough, that as much as I really was wrapped up in this, I wish it was longer. Because I, I thought this, if, if this could, this could, it felt like the beginning to a novel that mm. I would have, I think that she, she cut it off maybe a little too soon. I would have loved, I would have loved this to be fleshed out into a whole thing where we find out exactly what goes on here, what's going on, maybe switch the perspective of Little Dairy. I thought there was a lot more potential to the story, but it still works as its individual unit. There's nothing wrong with it as it is, and it's very good as it is. But honestly, it left me wanting more, which maybe isn't the, what you want out of a short story. So I, I, I like it, it. Kind of like sounds like it both is and isn't. Yeah, like it'd be great to read. It's like seeing like a really good short film where like you love it for its length and it does leave you wanting more but yeah that almost like like there was there was, there was, a, pro- there was a promise <laughs> of more story to be told and instead they tied the knot and I thought maybe there could have been a bigger story to this mm-hmm. but it, it still functions perfectly fine as it is yeah. it's, it's like finishing a meal when you're 80% full and it's a really good meal it's a really good meal yeah but you know, but maybe that chef wants you to be like, I want them to feel like they're missing twenty percent, so they want to come. Yeah, back. so they make, they have to order dessert. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was a wonderful read, so I'm I'm into it. Yeah, totes, totes. Daniel, totes. what are your final thoughts? Uh, I can actually speak something along there because I see more of the thematic story going on here. Because again, what I described originally talking about like the surface level horror, basically at the end seeing like these other like animal people that are just living in the woods and like like the couple or like the regular human let's call them couple are just like scared being like we can't move i'm terrified Mm -hmm. even though we know where they make it we actually say that they are they make it just fine um but that said the interesting thematic thing about the feeling of you're a fine mother you might be a little bit dreamy about it Mm -hmm. but letting your child down and having that one that one moment where you you took your eye away and that child is fucked up from something that happened yeah and dealing with the horror of saying that like because of you you failed for a half second yeah and then now that child is becoming something that you don't understand and are scared of and don't know how to handle Mm -hmm. and it's tearing up your life and at the end the horrific moment of not seeing your child uh, find some feral colony out in like the woods or whatever but the idea about seeing your child fall into a world that is scary and dark and intimidating but suits the child's dark needs yeah and also like the idea about losing your son to that and never seeing your child again and yeah 
just like the complex feeling of both like the terror of that, the 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 shame of it, but also a bit of relief, I imagine. Um, but maybe that, maybe that's my kind of projection. But like, yeah, no, that's 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 how I kind of see the story. So I imagine it's like I I could I actually I I, I wish this was a novella or just yeah. even like a longer story maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's it. It's like, but I can see like how like this is the story she wanted to tell about this. I I would have liked a little more closure. That's something like um uh uh haunted i thought that that was a perfect tied knot of a story yeah. i didn't need more and this one i thought it ended a little prematurely and i would have liked more it 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 works just fine but if it had been a novella where it had flushed out a little further i would have preferred that All right i'd be curious about like where would be like the next stage to take this kind I of i don't thing. know i mean like she she's the master yeah exactly yeah but and right. we are but her students but- yeah, I, mean, I very, call her sensei. Very, very, very positive on the story. I like this quite a bit. Out of the four stories we read for October, mm-hmm. uh, I would say this is like probably number two. I would say that. It's Haunted is number one for me. Haunted is number one for me. I would say this is number two, then Doll Master, yeah. and then Triumph of the Spider Monkey. That's my that's my ranking as well. Yeah. Uncontroversial. It's almost like yes. there's nothing to really say about that because like, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that's pretty Ob- much objectively, it. Objectively, that's, that's best an, ob- That's an objective ranking. Gabriel, we have one little thing to do about for all... It is basically this thing that is brought to us and shat upon our desk by Shawnee B. Horny, a.k.a. Jonathan B. Hayes from the Whip Round Podcast. Check them out for all your weird news needs. Uh, It's a little thing called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Years from now, when you think about this one time when you read Pharrell by Joyce Carol Oates, Uh what will be that thing that you remember about it? I'm going to remember that idea of... You looked away, like you just said, a little girl happened to get water in her nose, mm-hmm. and you happen to look over for a second, and then your child is floating face down, and a irreparable change has happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm rethinking having kids because of this story, because it's, it's, that's, this is the fear of parenthood distilled into a single story and made into, like, a grotesque. Mm-hmm. It's, it, this story is scary. And I'm going to think about that all the time now of being at the pool, of looking away for a second. It's, it's, and I was always, I was wondering if, like, that's why I asked you if she, if she had kids. Because uh-huh. this could be just a metaphor for your child growing older and then vanishing from your eyes and being someone completely you don't recognize. Mm-hmm. That your smiling, happy little boy becomes this complete stranger to you. I mean, we, we all did it. That my, I was a little mama's <laughs> boy, a little fat, chubby little thing. And then... And then you got Almost, into fucking werewolf shit, man. Yeah, then some werewolf shit happened to me. Yeah. Who knows? I began drinking and smoking. But it, it makes me wonder, like, is, does a parent, an actual parent, have a different read on this than we do? I'm sure there is. But for me, as a 31-year-old man who wants to have kids one day, then what does this mean? Is this a fear that's going to be permanent? Maybe I shouldn't have kids. Global warming's happening. Yeah, no. I mean, those are well. Here's here's my kind of also yeah, what, kind of opinion about having kids and whatnot and all that is that the idea is that like, yeah, no, I 100% see this is this is going to be the fear that you're gonna that you have since the moment your child before your child is born yeah. until like you die. Yeah, it's the idea that something horrible that you can't control is going to happen to your kids. Yeah. And in this thing, it is the ultimate fear where she she was she is a watchful good mother. But something reasonable caught her attention away for just like a few seconds or whatever, and she came back, and her child died in that meet in that little interval. Yeah, and like that is a legitimate fear, and also 
probably happens relatively maybe not like this extreme of well not like you know the, the story but like in this kind of extreme but like it probably happens fairly often i mean every it happens every day probably i imagine every child or every parent who has like a child taken away from them one way it's, or the it's other it's like in minority report like yeah. like you know how much that movie fucking scared the shit out of me? Yeah, it's a real terrifying thing. The scariest thing. thing in that fucking movie is he goes underwater for a second. Yeah, and sees sees the the, the feet go, that uh, go away. That haunts my life. And something like that. That is that is probably how a lot of parents. I want to throw up thinking about that scene. Who have had things like that happen to their children? That's how they feel. Like yeah. you turned away for a second, and so and the worst has happened. Yeah. And so like you want to basically be like like. Like I won't look away. I'm a helicopter parent, but like, yeah, that's also not good. Yeah. Um, that's it. Hazy memory. Uh, the scary people at the end. Um, that's hey, it. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Gabriel. Uh, we're gonna put aside Harrell by J.S. Carroll Oates. We're also gonna put. We're gonna put Oates aside. I know. I'm so sad that we're gonna have to say goodbye to her. Well, we do a full month of her now annually, so yeah, I want to do more. I know. <laughs> Gabriel, uh, which is sad. However, next week, I think we have we have some like little book that I don't know if we've ever talked about that we're mm-hmm. going to cover. Uh, do you have any idea what this book we're going to do next week is going to be? Um, I don't know. Is it, is it like the C.S. Lewis thing about like uh, something about a, 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 a screw tape letters? A screw S- something Bibles? Screw tape letters. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, you know, something about like a, a wormwood poisons. Po- <laughs> Is that a reference? To Poison the, Ivy? Is that a reference to the sales? Ivy Wood? Uh, Gabriel, we have the high fantasy novel yes. written by Barbara Kingsolver uh-huh. called The Poisonwood Bible. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm into it. I'm reading it. It's a very, it's a good read. I have a copy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oprah picked it, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, no. That Oprah. lady at the library said it was her favorite book when I checked it out. Nice. Um, yeah, looking forward to and this. And ladies this, at libraries love me, dude. This was from our semi-defunct uh, Stranded series. Not even a little bit. Semi-defunct that we're, we're really just like thinking like, you know, maybe we don't have to do this anymore. No, we're doing it. Uh, That's just you. You're trying uh, to weasel series, your way out. Series where basically we're going to basically go through the stories of the Stranded. Or the, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Strand 80, which is yeah. the list of bullshit <laughs> voted uh-huh. in books that people are 80 hey, favorite we, books. We, we put new rules in. So mm-hmm. next, so we're going to we're gonna do Poisonwood Bible um, next week. Uh-huh. Hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm about a third through it, and we have a week and a half to read it. I think I'm gonna get through it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty long. It's long, but um, it's doable. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then I'd like to announce now that my birthday is coming in about about a month's time. Oh shit! And I get to claim a birthday pick. And Daniel, we're finally gonna do Anne of Green Gables. Yay! Thing. And if you want, you can lock, you can borrow my Audible account, and you can listen listen to Rachel McAdams read it. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, so you can play Dark Souls and listen to Rachel McAdams read you <laughs> read um, Anne of Green Gables. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah, oh. a gr- I, I've listened to it three times over, uh, but that's I, mostly because I'd go to like my bar job and I'd juice for two hours and listen to it. Yeah, sure. Like I, I, lo- I would do that uh, listening to podcast order, but yeah, no. Well, I also, yeah, you also let me a copy of the book, so I'll, I'll definitely read that. So My so, second copy of the book. So yeah. That, um, my first. Will that be, will, do you think that'll be fit in for like the last week of the month of November? Probably. Third right. week. So we'll do Poisonwood Bible, hopefully in just one episode. Hopefully just one episode. Uh, then we'll do Anna Great Gables at the end, and then short fiction in between. Yep, and we'll roll for our next Strand 80 book. <laughs> 
Gabriel, there's like one more thing to do in the show. Uh-huh. It's a little thing called plugs. Gabriel, plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self Evident Asian America Stories. I produced, performed, and co-wrote the episode, the talk we were supposed to have. It's about my life. Um, it was featured on the AV Club. I'm very proud of it. Um, also check out Long Distance Radio. There's some good friends of ours. Um, they're um, about uh, uh, stories about the Filipino diaspora. Season two just came out. Paul and Patrick are very good at what they do. Please check out their show. I'm a very big fan of theirs. Other than that, um, follow me on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book. There I take photos of books every now and again. And lastly, follow this show. Give us some stars, subscribes, and reviews. We need to hear from you. Please talk to us. We want you. Talk to us. We want you, baby. Come back. back. Gabriel. Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Mm -hmm. top. Count Radio. You can follow me on at Pop Filter Radio. Pop Filter Radio. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Slow Readers. Uh, you can also uh, buy my fiction right now. I decided to get rid of Top Gun Press because that's additional money I don't need to be spending right now. Uh, and I said just relegated it to Top Gun Radio forward sl- uh, dot com forward slash press. It's for all information about the books that I have out right now, which I have to say I'm very excited to yeah, finally yeah, yeah. say those two fucking books are finally available everywhere. You get your ebooks. Kobo, Barnes, whoop, whoop. Barnes and Noble Online, uh, Amazon, Apple Books, and whatnot. Get your copies of *The Shadow from the Deep*, a Lovecraftian horror story about seafaring monsters. That's not true. <laughs> They're not sea- the monsters aren't seafaring, but you know, seafaring sea adventure. Living it's monsters. a horror seafaring story. Sure. And also a *Cook in the Kingdom*, a kind of irreverent story about food and oppression. Hey. Uh, so those are available everywhere, and you can buy the paperbacks right now on Amazon only. Do that. Do that. That said, Gabriel, this is the end of the fucking show. Uh huh. I'm hungry. Sounds good. I'll yeah. make us some salads. Yeah, end of the show, please. All right. Next week, Barbara King Solver. Come get some. Barbs. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Mm-hmm.